0: The Indianapolis Colts have become an impossible team to try and predict. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's up, everybody? I am Jake Arthur from HorseshoeHuddle.com. And today we are talking about these frustrating Colts. I mean, what is this team? Do we know who they are? Uh, I mean, two games left now. Uh, they're still very much in the playoff race. Uh, they they had a really rough loss over the weekend, but it honestly didn't really affect them as much. Uh, last week, you know, we said you don't want them to lose any more games. But if they were going to lose one of those final few games, that that one to the Falcons was about all they could afford, uh, which remains true, especially after their loss. So. I uh, will just kind of look at the the final two games as a whole and then look offensively and defensively just what is going on with this team. Uh, so first up, again, do we know who this team is? Uh, their, their last several weeks have been really brought some highs and lows. Uh, at first, they were riding a four-game win streak, uh, went into Cincinnati with uh, an opportunity to not claim a playoff spot, but a win in Cincinnati really would have gone a long way towards uh, – strengthening their bid for one of those, at least a wild card spot, especially when you consider what the rest of the AFC has been doing lately. Uh, But they ride that four-game win streak and then just hit a wall, losing 34-14 to against Cincinnati, one of the worst losses of the season. Uh, Certainly the first time in several, several weeks that we could say the Colts just had a a complete no-show. They rebound and get a 30 to 13 win over uh, a pretty decent Pittsburgh Steelers team, at least putting up 30 points against a defense that was pretty solid. Uh, and then on Sunday, they, they go into Atlanta and lose very similarly to how they did against the Bengals uh, 29 to 10 loss with just not much to write home about, and just making really, really uncharacteristic mistakes. Uh, Things that will pretty much doom you anytime, you know, losing the turnover battle, not getting pressure on the quarterback and not being able to tackle whatsoever. Uh, So all those things, we just don't know what this team is right now. Um, The Colts were kind of thrown a life raft with this loss uh, because other teams that have been competing with one of these for these final playoff spots with them all lost Uh, Jacksonville, Houston and Denver. They all lost Uh, that especially not only keeps the Colts alive for a wild card spot uh, but with Jacksonville and Houston also losing, Colt's still very much alive for the AFC South Division title as well uh, so week 18 at home against the Texans could very well uh, be a game for the division let's say Jacksonville loses uh, and the Colts keep winning and then that sets up this final showdown for the for the division um but yeah you're looking at you got this weekend at home against the Las Vegas Raiders at seven and eight. And then the Houston Texans are eight and seven. Uh, Again, the AFC, no one really wants these playoff spots, it seems like. Uh, There is the exception. Two teams have already punched their postseason ticket. Uh, Baltimore is 12 and three, had uh, one of the premier wins of the season over the 49ers over the weekend. Uh, And then the Miami Dolphins at 11 and four. Those two AFC teams have clinched playoff spots. Uh, You've got the Chiefs at nine and six, the Jaguars at eight and seven, the Browns at 10 and five. Uh, the Bills at nine and six, and then the Colts at eight and seven, rounding out what would be the rest of the playoff field if the playoff started today. Colts holding on to that seventh and final spot. Uh, the Jaguars with the tiebreaker over the Colts do technically hold the lead in the AFC South right now. Uh, but then it, it's that's not the Colts' only competition. There are still a few teams in the hunt as well: um, Houston, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Denver are all within a game of the Colts at eight and seven or seven and eight. Uh, So of course the Colts face two of those teams in the final, you know, their two opponents are in that mix. Uh, So they cannot lose. They lose any more games and it's pretty much done for. Uh, They would need quite a bit of help and a lot of luck on their side. Uh, But when you control your own future, you just have to do that, which is so frustrating about uh, that Atlanta loss because Again, you look at Houston and Jacksonville both losing as well over the weekend. The Colts lost a very winnable game. They could have sole possession of the AFC South right now. Uh, So that's very, very frustrating. There have been some injuries that have kind of dictated this thing. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who has been far and away the Colts' leading receiver and dominant target all year, uh, he was out with a concussion against the Falcons. And you really, really saw his worth. Uh, Because that's the guy who, he never gets like a ton of separation, but he's a very physical, uh, sure-handed receiver. He can move the sticks. He can do things after the catch. Uh, He can win those tough one-on-one matchups. And Alec Pierce having to step into that top outside wide receiver role over the weekend uh, and getting A.J. uh, Terrell for much of the matchup. That is just not, that's just not something Pierce is ready to showcase quite yet. Uh, so Pittman not being out there was, was really damaging to the Colts offense. As you saw only 10 points scored in the game, uh, Braden Smith as well, the right tackle. Uh, he's been banged up. What seems like all season Blake Freeland has, I think he's up to double digits. He's had nine or 10 starts now this season, uh, on either side of the line and he's done some nice things on the, on the ground game, but. It's just been kind of tough sledding for him as a rookie with uh, some of these really tough matchups he's had on the right side of the line. Uh, You don't expect the guy to be a finished product right yet, right now. But you kind of wonder if Smith continues to be out, if the Colts make a change. You know, they brought in Jared Valdir recently, uh, someone they called out of retirement and who had had, uh, played games for them just a couple years ago. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Colts make a switch there at right tackle if Smith remains out. Uh, But really, with those two guys, the the lack of adequate protection or production on the outside from the the passing game without Pittman, you saw a lot of Josh Downs, you saw a lot of the tight ends. Uh, That's about all that can be done, you know, to try and move the sticks, and it just didn't cut it. Uh, And then again, Blake Freeland, when you look at his numbers this season, out of all rookie offensive linemen, uh, he ranks 22nd out of 24 uh, qualifying rookies in pass block efficiency according to Pro Football Focus. So that has uh, not been great. Uh, You got to hope, you know, we don't really know what's going on with Braden Smith or how long to expect him to be out. Uh, You hope Michael Pittman can come back this week, uh, if that's what's in his best interest. Of course, Uh, he had kind of a setback with his concussion last week. It looked like he was going to be ready to go. But then when he got to Atlanta, after traveling there with the team, just kind of got put back in the concussion protocol after having some symptoms again. But if those guys can come back, that'll definitely be a big boost. It'll even help the run game, particularly with Smith, of course. But with Pittman, uh, it makes the passing game a little more honest. And defenses have already not really respected the Colts passing game throughout the season. But if you take Pittman away, and it's it's a totally moot point. So uh, coming up, we'll look a little more at the offense and what to maybe expect from the, the Raiders and Texans defenses coming up in these last couple games. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy uh, buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Whatever you want to go see, they pretty much have got it going on. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped about the fun that you're actually going to have. I personally love Game Time because, you know, I'm married, I got a kid. If you feel like doing something on a whim, sending your kid off to grandma's for the night or anything, You don't really have to plan weeks in advance. You can hop on there and see what's going on around your city that weekend to get the best prices for it. Uh, Lots of really good features. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Uh, You can get images of your seat before you actually buy it. So you know what to expect, Uh, whether that's, you know, a huge beam in your way or whatever. Don't buy tickets that are going to kind of downgrade your experience. Uh, Buy tickets in a matter of seconds as well. Two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email, especially in a long, crowded line with 100 people behind you. That, that can really induce the cold sweats there. Uh, so, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LockedOnNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And if you haven't heard, Locked On has launched the very first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. If you haven't already checked it out, you've got to do it. You know, we've all, as sports fans, you know, gravitated to ESPN and things like that over the years because they've always got something for you. Honestly, with how things are moving, with enjoying uh, broadcasting on your phone and, and YouTube and everything now, we've got something really, really cool going on here. Uh, it brings you 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus the national shows that cover every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's talk about this Colts offense and what to expect over these last couple weeks. Uh, the thing about that is you kind of don't know what to expect with this team uh, because they've had some advantageous matches matchups recently. And just haven't taken advantage of them. And not only have they not taken advantage of them, but like they've just the game has been a complete disaster. Uh, Atlanta was a tough defense, I'll give you that. Uh, Cincinnati was somewhat comparable, ranked lower in pretty much everything. And the Colts' offense was just totally flat and lifeless. They only one of the touchdowns the Colts scored was on defense, uh, so you take that away, and the Colts' offense was even more putrid uh so you kind of just don't know what to expect from this group uh you've really got to hope michael Pittman jr will be back of course again um against atlanta the colts had three drops in the passing game if you're going to be missing your far and away your top target you just have to do your job you don't have to do anything spectacular like they're not expecting anyone to go out there and be like prime odell beckham jr but you have to just convert first downs keep things moving, extend drives, do whatever. But when you're dropping the ball and the passing game has very little vertical element to it, you're not getting separation and things like that. It's just not going to win. But yeah, something like drops has been something that's been a problem in recent weeks. When you look at some of their losses, again, three against Atlanta, three against Cincinnati as well. Uh, Las Vegas and Houston, they're both overall, mid-tier defenses. Uh, Las Vegas ranks 16th and Houston is 19th, but Las Vegas is top 10 in scoring defense. Uh, They're eighth. They allow 19.6 points per game. Now, that's a team that you, they're they're just like the Colts, kind of, you don't know what to expect. The Colts are just a better version. You know, they went from losing three to zero one week to scoring a franchise record 63 the next week. Uh, Really, again, that's that's an interesting team that we'll get further into it, but We'll keep talking about their defense because that's been a unit, the Raiders' defense, for the last several years that's been much maligned. Uh, but you look at it, and they're a lot, lot tougher under Antonio Pierce rather than Josh McDaniels. Uh, both of these teams, 40 and 39 sacks respectively, the Raiders and Texans. Um, that, again, ranks in the middle of the league. But to me, if a team gets to 40 sacks in the season, like they're pretty solid. You want to get to 40 sacks each year you obviously you know the top tier teams are in the 50s and such but 40 sacks shows that you're capable of bringing down quarterbacks multiple times in a game um one thing for the colts that get kind of a break here they have faced some teams recently that were really good in red zone scoring uh however both the raiders and texans are in the bottom half of, half of the league uh, in red zone defense so that's something where you have to rely on Matt Gay field goals maybe now that turns into Uh, Jonathan Taylor can push you forward for a few extra yards for a touchdown. Uh, Maybe you get those Mo Alley-Cox touchdowns off play action. You can maybe find more ways, maybe more things there on film uh, to get into the end zone rather than having to rely on three points, which the Colts have played some really close games. You know, when you're looking at scores of inside three points or so, that's always going to make the difference. So uh, things I might lean on. If Pittman returns, I would absolutely feed him. Uh, I would keep getting Josh Downs involved as well. He was obviously a little more heavily involved with Pittman out, uh, but I would not stop that. You know, he's he's one guy that is able to win those those one on one matchups in key crucial situations. You got third and short, and you want to pass it even out of shotgun. You know, Josh Downs is one of those money makers that you can rely on. Uh, the tight ends over the middle of the field that's going really well, I think as well. Uh, Will Mallory has become a legit little weapon there. Not gaudy stats by any means, but when you look at rookie tight ends, uh, that's a position that just does not translate quickly to the NFL. And Mallory has looked really, really solid. Uh, Reliable hands. I can't really think of any blatant drops that he's had this year. Uh, He's making tough catches, uh, getting a little bit of extra yardage. He's converting first downs. Uh, The majority of his receptions have gone for first downs this year. Uh, so I would keep going. I'd rely on that. Kylan Granson had a great, great game. Mo Alley Cox has, he's never going to be that dominant pass catching tight end that people once thought he could be. Uh, but he's, he's proven capable to to make small plays here or there, whether it's, you know, short yardage touchdowns, even in the red zone, you, you put the Colts anywhere in the red zone. And uh, even the deep red zone, 25, 30 yard line and Mo Alley Cox seems to find a way to win those little matchups. So, uh, I would keep relying on the tight ends. Drew Ogletree has been pretty quiet the last couple weeks, but he had a stretch this season where he was pretty good as well. Uh, so middle of the field, especially with those tight ends, uh, if you want to get them on those, you know, out, outward post routes, that seems to work as well, especially Mo alley Cox. But yeah, w- with how unpredictable and poor the offense has looked at times, uh, Pittman, feed Pittman if he returns and get those tight ends involved over the middle of the field as well. So coming up, we're going to talk about the Colts' defense. Such an inconsistent group. You do not know what to expect one way or another. Uh, a lot of people have leaned against the coaching, especially in this last week. Uh, the execution has to turn into it as well. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, then you could turn a meager $10 into 250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is really simple to play. Uh, like I said, I can make my picks and submit my entry. Just a couple taps, less than sixty seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of player and stat types. That's really what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app, especially for people who are just getting into betting, really don't know what to do. There, it's so user friendly on that app, and it's it's really easy for anyone to find something to get really interested in. Uh, something I like. You know, we're, we're right in the meat of the basketball season. Uh, it's always a beautiful time of year when basketball and football are on at the same time, of course. Uh, there's a specials league on prize picks where you can basically throw uh, throw basketball and football player props together. Uh, just think of a combined like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey. They combine for 11 and a half receptions and three pointers made, for example. Uh, that's something you could bet on higher or, you know, more or less than. Uh, and that's a really cool way to make some money as well. And it kind of it kind of keeps the brain biscuits turning as a, a sports fan to be able to see and pay attention to, to multiple sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Price Picks: Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Okay, so I've seen a lot of stuff about Gus Bradley uh, since this Atlanta game in particular. And you look at the Cincinnati game as well. He caught a lot of heat. Uh, This guy runs pretty hot and cold as well. Rightfully so when your side of the ball doesn't do well as a coordinator, you should get criticized for it. And I'm not saying he should be free of criticism. But when I went back and rewatched that Atlanta game, what really stuck out to me when you're letting a team quarterback like someone like Taylor Heineke win like that, I look at all the missed tackles because that game was all about the run game being allowed to extend plays longer than they should have, and the screen game, especially to running backs, being way more productive than it needed to be. Uh, Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier you know, kind of went wild on the Colts as a tandem. I went to PFF because I lost track of missed tackles in this, this whole game, which to me was the story of the defense. It wasn't necessarily the play calling or whatever. It, it came down to execution because I felt like it extended drives. It gave it gave Atlanta touchdowns. Um, like it, the, the missed tackles to me is what really did the Colts defense in. Uh, PFF docked them with 23 missed tackles, and that's – that, was, that seemed pretty validating to my eyes. And you were getting it from some of the Colts' best players. I saw Zaire Franklin miss some tackles. EJ Speed miss some tackles. Kenny Moore. That's three of your most sure tackling players. Uh, and it really hurts when someone like a Julian Blackman goes out with his shoulder injury because he is usually a very sure tackler as well now. He's out. He's replaced with Nick Cross, who has been pretty solid in that department as well. But, you know, Rodney Thomas – that has not been his bread and butter this year. So uh, really tough. You're not, you're not going to be able to win games or sustain any sort of winning streak when you're not able to bring, to bring down teams that don't have an explosive element necessarily. And then you're letting them just control everything with the short game, because a lot of these teams that don't have vertical offenses like the Colts try and use the screen game as an extension of the run game to be even more diverse in the run game. And I mean, I mentioned the Colts let down against the Bengals was arguably their worst game. They only had eight missed tackles in that game, according to PFF, versus 23 in this one. Uh, So that just goes to show you, like, how we know the Colts' offense isn't super productive, at least not consistently, so the defense kind of has to be on it a lot. Missed tackles is like, or tackling is like the number one fundamental of defense, uh, so that's no doubt something they're going to be harping on and just pounding into these guys' heads. And again, yes, we could criticize Gus Bradley for plenty, whether it's not, you know, when, when you don't have a pass rush, you need to try to find a way to generate that when you're not coming home with four guys. Uh, but, I mean, lack of execution and missing tackles and not being in the right places in coverage and, you know, your spacing is odd. That stuff is going to – that that's just not going to – allow you to to succeed. I I just don't know how else to say it. Um, So, I mean, Gus Bradley does deserve some criticism, but it is not all on him. Like he can't be out there playing for the players, which is part of the accountability factor, uh, which to people's credit is, is another thing that people have been harping on with Gus Bradley needing to be accountable, whether it's up to Shane Steichen or, you know, the, the players that are actually on the field. So, that, that one's really tough. Uh, another thing I've really noticed, lack of pressure. Uh, that Cincinnati game, that was really glaring because the Colts were on a heater with their, their pass rush leading up to that, but then they had zero sacks and only three quarterback hits in that Bengals game. Uh, worse, really, in this Atlanta game. They only had one sack and one quarterback hit on Heineke. Uh, now, Heineke is pretty mobile. Uh, not He's not like a Lamar Jackson type, obviously, but the guy moves around a lot. He can buy time with his feet. He gets out of the pocket. Uh, He gets rid of the ball pretty quickly because a lot of the passes are short. And he is always looking to get out of the pocket. He's not the biggest guy. So, you know, where he can get out to see better, it's what he's going to do. And I think that kind of led to the lack of a pass rush for the Colts. Pay, the only guy accounting for a sack in this one. So we've seen huge examples in recent weeks of the Colts losing mightily because they're missing tackles and they're not getting to the quarterback. So luckily they get, I'm not even going to say a break because we know that they have not really been taking advantage of those lately, but there's really no reason for them not to control things this Sunday against the Raiders, Uh, a Raiders team on offense last week who went, the final three quarters of the game without completing a pass. Uh, the Raiders became the first team in NFL history to do that, win a game while not completing a pass the final three quarters of the game. Uh, that is pretty wild. Uh, you know, they've had 11 games this year, scoring two or fewer touchdowns as well. They do have that 63 point game a couple weeks ago, but the defense was scoring touchdowns, special teams was scoring. So offensively, this is the this is not a good offense the colts defense if they have any gumption or reason to make the postseason will step up and i'm not saying they have to win but the defense has to prove that it's not just going to roll over i don't really care what the raiders throw at them their body of work is what they've shown all season and gus bradley and everyone out there has the tape to see it they have. A uh, not very productive rookie quarterback and Aiden O'Connell, who's been fine but is very much a game manager and has been unspectacular. They cannot they cannot let yet another backup quarterback beat them. Like it's it's one thing if it's a team effort and you lose, but the Colts defense cannot keep just no showing. And you you can already know you can already expect what the, the Raiders offense is gonna try to do, they're gonna try to get the ball out quickly and they're gonna try the screen game because they know that if they're one of those quick passing offenses, the Colts are not gonna be able to get to them and put pressure on O'Connell. You could see it coming a mile away. That is what the Raiders offense should at least try to do. Uh, So you have all week to figure out how to counter that. And I, I think everyone will be very, very rightfully upset if the Colts lay another egg against the Raiders. Uh, because coming up after that is the Texans, who is a lot more respectable. I think a lot a lot more people think are a more legitimate contender because of C.J. Stroud, who should be back. Uh, there, there's already being positive reports that he's going to be returning to practice this week. Uh, so even if he doesn't play this week, you would think he should return uh, against the Colts, hopefully for them. Um, that's, again... Houston and Las Vegas—it's two teams you should be able to beat. The Colts already beat Houston back in Week Two, before Anthony Richardson went out for the game with his concussion. It looked like the Colts were going to rout the Texans. Um, both of those teams don't really run the ball well. They're both bottom ten run offenses, and uh, you know, for in terms of protection, keeping still speaking about the line, um, Houston, the Colts sacked CJ Stroud six times back in Week Two. So that's obviously a team that struggles to protect their passer, struggles struggles to open up run game. That it's It has trap written all over it because that's been a very, very similar recipe to some other teams that the Colts have, have laid eggs against. So, guys, we just got to hang on tight. If, you, if you're a team that – or if you're a fan that is really, really hoping for the playoffs, this is going to be a nail-biter for the final two weeks. If you're just along for the ride and and you know that from the beginning when Anthony Richardson was knocked out for the season, that the season didn't matter. I know a lot of people feel that way. Still, we got two games to watch. It's two very winnable games for the Colts that they should win. But this team has become so, so unpredictable. And it's it's become must-watch TV for Colts fans because you no longer have this, okay, Colts are going to face the Raiders. I can go get all my – my home, you know, my to-do list done all day because they're going to win. We don't know that anymore. Uh, you now have to f- fully monitor them to see what's going on. Uh, so that's that's what we got for you the rest of this week as well. Uh, Zach is going to be talking with uh, fellas over at Locked on Raiders to get more, sc- uh, bigger scoop on that game, get more specifics. Uh, after this, remember to check out Locked on Sports today. You'll be routed over to that after this video here. Again, which is the first ever National sports twenty four seven streaming channel on YouTube. If you guys don't already follow at Lockdog Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks two on Twitter. Also, be sure to subscribe on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love your ratings and reviews as well. And with that, we will see you fine folks tomorrow morning.